Well, hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the T-Druff, the Film Buff Podcast. Um, this week, huge, huge news week. Um, I don't know that I'd say it's as big of a news week as when The Matrix uh, was announced, Matrix 3, or was it 4? Matrix 4 announced, uh, and then it was announced that Spider-Man is leaving the MCU. I think that happened in the same week that Bond released its title, couple other small things it was just a massive week was that back in early august um but this is close if not even bigger especially because the week started off um by giving us the emmys um now a lot of people complained about how boring and how terrible the actual broadcast of, of the emmys was I, you know, I'm not going to argue with that. It's not the greatest broadcast. I mean, all the award shows to a certain extent, if you're not into it, it's going to be boring for you, right? I mean, there's only a certain amount of things that they can do in an award show to entertain you. And even when they try to entertain you, something like Adam Devine's, you know, random number that he did in the, in the middle of the show, it feels completely out of place and feels like an ad for The Masked Singer, which... I still don't know how that show's on the air. Who's watching The Masked Singer? Like, it, who who is watching that show? Um, so anyway, there, there's you know there's a lot of different elements to the whole Emmys, uh, you know, broadcast. But to me, I'm just gonna talk about the the winners, uh, not necessarily losers, because everyone who gets nominated is a winner in my book. Uh, yes, we give out participation trophies here on the T Draft the World Buff podcast. Um, but anyway, we're just gonna kind of go through it uh, one by one, at least the big categories here. Um, so, outstanding comedy series. I believe I did predict that Veep would come home with the win here because of this last season. From what a lot of people say, it's it wasn't their best season anyway. So, kind of glad that it didn't, and I'm beyond thrilled. That Fleabag season two came away with the victory, especially because, um, you know, I'm just starting Russian Doll. I have never seen Shit's Creek or The Good Place. Uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season two is definitely better than season one. But with that said, I think the second season of Fleabag is the best season of comedy television I've seen in a long time, maybe ever. Uh, Barry season two is flipping fantastic as well. But I think it won last No, it didn't win last year, but it'll eventually win. It's only in season two. Uh, Fleabag is is never going to bring another season. It's only two seasons. It's never going to come back. Uh, that's what Phoebe Wallbridge has said. So I'm glad that on their last uh, round of the Emmys, they um, they won. And it's you know also in the news, or at least in the news that I saw this week, because Phoebe Wallbridge uh, and crew won the, the big uh, award for comedy series, uh, her series with HBO called Run with Dom Hulk Gleason and oh, I can't remember the female lead to that. Um, I think it's it had already been officially picked up, but there were articles about that again this week. And she also signed a first look. It's not even a first look deal at this point since she's already had a, a relationship with Amazon. But uh, it was like $20, $25 million or something like that. Uh, I think it's that's probably a yearly fee, to be honest with you. I can't imagine that's like a five-year uh, deal, but it's just to develop new content for Amazon, which is exciting because Fleabag was on Amazon and she did such a great uh, job with that. I believe first it was is BBC uh, One, but but still. Uh, moving on here, outstanding lead actor in a comedy series, Bill Hader, expectedly won that. I didn't really think there was much 
you know, competition for him this year with that. Outstanding lead actress in the comedy series. It went to herself, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, for Fleabag. She beat out Christina Applegate, Natasha Leone, Catherine O'Hara, Rachel Brosnahan, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I really thought Julia Louis-Dreyfus was going to win this one, too. Um, she kind of got shut out from the night. I'm not going to lie. It was like, uh, I think, the best supporting actor for a comedy series. Did he win? No, Tony Shalhoub won again. So I, I, I don't, I don't even know. If Veep, did Veep win anything? I'm not sure they did. But all right, moving on. Uh, outstanding supporting actress for a comedy series. Um, so this is where Alex Borstein won again. I believe she won last year, um, shutting out uh, her competition in Maisel, uh, Sarah Goldberg for Barry, a couple fully bag actresses, Betty Gilpin, Anna Chlumsky for Veep. Um, Outstanding guest actor in a comedy series. Doesn't really matter. But it is Luke Kirby as Lenny Bruce. So that was exciting. Um, although I don't think that that award was actually given uh, during the ceremony. I think that was the uh, that was the weekend before. Outstanding guest actress in a comedy series. Uh, that went to Jane Lynch. Outstanding directing for a comedy series. That went to Fleabag as well. So you could see how she was just absolutely racking up the awards. Outstanding writing for a comedy series, also Fleabag. So they are really racking up the big ones. Uh, moving out, outstanding drama series. Pfft. Did anybody not think it was going to be Game of Thrones? I don't care how divisive the final season was. It was always going to be Game of Thrones. Um, outstanding lead actor in a drama series, Billy Porter for Pose. That was expected, of course. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series, this was a little bit of a shock because I kind of thought it would be Sandra Oh or Amelia Clark because it's her final season in Game of Thrones. But they did give it to Jodie Comer as Villanelle in Killing Eve, which, to be honest with you, if I'm giving it out of the people that I've seen in this category, she did give the best performance in an otherwise very underwhelming season two of Killing Eve. So uh, that was kind of exciting to see, especially because her speech was very heartfelt. Um, outstanding supporting actor for a drama series. What do you know? It went to Dinklage again, right? Um, yeah, I mean, he was always going to win this. There was no way anybody else was going to win it. Outstanding supporting actress for a drama series. Bunch of Game of Thrones actresses to choose from. None of them came out with the victory. Fiona Shaw did not win for Killing Eve, but Julia Garner for Ozark did. And I've talked about how much, you know, she in season two of Ozark really won me over for what was an otherwise character i could care i couldn't care less about um in season one but she really won me over in the second season so i was not mad about that at all outstanding guest actor in a drama series bradley whitford outstanding guest actress in a drama series ended up cherry jones okay i, mean, I think that pretty much does it for the the big awards um you know the rest of the stuff i you know not so that i really care about i was saying directing for a drama series Went to went to Jason Bateman. That was a very big shock, especially because you have three different Game of Thrones directors uh, nominated here, and they didn't give it to Sapochnik. <sighs> Chernobyl won limited series directing. Chernobyl won limited series overall as well. Uh, Adam Sandler won for Saturday Night Live. Blah 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 blah. Um, so that's the Emmy Awards. Uh, they had. There were plenty of things to cheer about for the Emmys this year, to be honest. The speeches, um, I was just very thrilled with a lot of them. Jerome, Jerome also won. Uh, she was fantastic, or he was fantastic. 
Um, and then who won for limited series actress? Oh my God, am I blanking on who won here? Who in the world won? But Jerome Jerome gave a great speech. He was just so shocked up there. Um, oh God, I gotta I gotta look this up. I'm gonna be real. Patricia Arquette won that. Who am I thinking of that gave that amazing speech then? Oh, man. Am I going to have to look this up on my Twitter? Jeez. This is just dead air for a podcast here. Uh, oh, Michelle Williams. One for, yeah, there you go. One for, um... Wait, did she beat... Patricia Arquette or is Patricia Arquette supporting? Oh, she, Patricia Arquette was supporting. That's right. And Michelle Williams was lead. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Wow. Okay, that was that was a waste of time. Um, but anyway, yeah, Michelle Williams' speech was fantastic. Um, so really happy she won it, even though I still have yet to see Fosse Verdon, but I do have to check that out. Um, so anyway, moving on here to the next story, and the next story is... Probably what would have been the lead story on this podcast if it wasn't for uh, this man's involvement in another movie we're going to talk about in a second. But that's Kevin Feige is making a Star Wars movie. Um, and he's reportedly already told an MCU actor to join him, actor or actress, they didn't specify, uh, to join him for the movie. So here's what it is. So it was originally reported by The Hollywood Reporter. Um so basically, Lucasfilm's Kathy Kennedy is pursuing a new era in Star Wars storytelling, and knowing what a diehard fan Kevin is, it made sense for these two extraordinary producers to work on a Star Wars film together. Walt Disney Studios co-chairman Alan Horn tells The Hollywood Reporter. So yeah, I mean, they go on to say it basically surprises no one. He's a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, everyone has been suspecting for a while that not only would he direct the Star Wars movie, but he would actually take over Kathleen Kennedy's position um at lucasfilm i don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon i have a feeling that he kind of likes his position at at marvel although there really isn't much else for him to do at this point he's already accomplished almost everything he's probably the greatest hollywood producer to ever live um maybe even next to kathleen kennedy uh at this point um yeah, but I mean, Horn goes on to say, we are excited about the projects Kathy and Lucasfilm team are working on, not only in terms of Star Wars, but also Indiana Jones, and reaching into other parts of the company, including Children of Blood and Bone with Emma Watts and Fox. With the close of the Skywalker, with the close of the Skywalker saga, Kathy's pursuing a new era in Star Wars storytelling, and blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a shift in the the overseeing. Uh, of the franchise in general, although I don't think Kathleen Kennedy is is a great is a big Star Wars fan. I think she's one of the best producers of all time, but I don't know that she necessarily loves Star Wars like everybody else does. Um, but it's it's very it's very interesting because you know who could that MCU actor be that he reportedly told um, to say, "Hey, I got this idea. You want to come on? You want to come over with me?" Um, I personally think my, my first, you know, because you have Chris Evans tweeting out like, oh, pick me, pick me. Yeah, Brie Larson, you know, sending out a, a picture uh, of her and like some Obi-Wan Kenobi gear with a lightsaber. That was clearly probably from a Halloween picture years ago, but 
um, my first thought actually went to a couple people from Black Panther. I just think Kevin Feige is so proud of that movie. I think it's it. I think he once said it was his favorite MCU movie. Now, he didn't actually say that. I don't think he's ever going to say that. But it was. He basically was saying it was one of his favorites, and he's like most proud of that movie. So I could really see Chadwick Boseman, or and or Michael B. Jordan, joining Kevin Feige's uh, Star Wars movie. Um, you know, Bozeman's going to be a little bit busy with Black Panther 2 and presumably Black Panther 3 and whatever, you know, next Avengers movie that they're going to do, presuming, assuming that he would be joining them as well. Um, but I think the Michael B. Jordan element is really interesting. Um, and I could certainly see him being a bad guy. But maybe that's just because, you know, he's Killmonger in MCU. I don't know. I don't really want to go through the whole, like, oh, let's guess who's going to play. I don't know enough about the mythos of Star Wars beyond the actual saga. Massive Star Wars fan, but I don't read any of the extra stuff. I don't play any of the extra games. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just try to guess, you know, what character, what storyline they may tackle. You know, we think that David and Dan uh, are going to tackle the Old Republic. We just don't know. Um, yeah, but it's an exciting time for, for Star Wars fans for sure. Even more exciting, probably less than 24 hours later, the MCU, Sony, Kevin Feige all sent out a press release that Kevin Feige is absolutely returning to produce Spider-Man 3, and Tom Holland will also be in one more undisclosed film in the MCU and lastly, in that little storyline, there is that John Watts is in final negotiations for Spider-Man 3. A lot to unpack here, uh, especially because, you know, I don't know, what was it? Let's see, what, what episode was that that's, that Spidey left the MCU? So that was August 23rd. It was only a little over a month ago. And I literally said in my title for the podcast, and I've said from the beginning, Spider-Man departs the MCU for now. I, I was even thinking that this would last till next year. Like, you know, I was like, oh, it could last till next year and they could still figure out a deal. They got plenty of time until Spider-Man 3 comes out. You know, Tom Holland's not like he's, I think he's got Uncharted. He's going to start filming later this year, but there's not much else on his docket, at least right now, for blockbuster films, unless they try to go back and reshoot most of Chaos Walking that apparently is unreleasable. Wow, I... I so so curious about that movie i cannot wait to see or maybe we'll never see what they kind of came out with but um so so yeah a lot to unpack here um he's back tom holland's back as spider-man in the mcu we knew he was coming back for spider-man 3 but we didn't know how they were going to do it with or without the mcu uh it turns out that it's all together anyway um yeah and let's go ahead and take a look at this i believe this is just a press release. There's really not an exclusive on this, um, you know. But it, it was literally just last month, I believe. In this new deal, um, they oh, so, so Disney wanted a 50/50 co-financing deal, of course, um, and they only got five percent of the previous deal. Going from five to fifty percent is a big increase. I would honestly argue. I mean, I don't want to say Sony should have sold Spider-Man, but people people kind of know where the you know the creative stuff is coming from on the in the Spider-Man movies, and they know it's Marvel. So, 
I don't know. It's very curious, but the movie's coming out July twenty, July sixteenth, twenty twenty one. But I believe the new deal, from what one of the reporters that I follow on Twitter said, I think it's twenty five percent that they ultimately came out with. So they put in twenty five percent of the profit or the the money, and they'd get back twenty five percent of the profits. Um, so that's that's kind of how it comes. That's what it comes down to. But Spider Man Far From Home was the most profitable Spider Man movie of all time, coming off Avengers Endgame. So I don't think anybody uh, is that pissed about that i think it i think it fits i think that that's kind of what the amount you should want um but anyway next year uh will come movies like venom 2 and morbius as well starring um starring jared leto so i i don't i don't know i mean do they ever bring venom into the mcu probably not at this point right if he, if tom holland's only going to appear in one more undisclosed mcu movie you wouldn't think that he's also going to sign on to venom 2 unless it's in an mcu or Venom 3. Um, what is that next Marvel movie? Um, some people have told me that apparently it's Captain Marvel, that they were trying to set up more of a relationship with those two uh, to make her more likable. I, I mean, I don't know how much that's true. I don't doubt it. Um, certainly don't doubt that. Um, but maybe it's Captain Marvel 2 then. I don't know how cosmic Spider-Man would be going. He's already kind of been cosmic in the Avengers movies. Um, and I don't... I think it kind of works... This Spider-Man works will work better, I should say, when they bring it back down to the neighborhood Spider-Man. And in the Avengers movie, sure, he can be involved, but I want Spider-Man three um, to just go back to go back to be in your neighborhood Spider-Man. Uh, and I do want them to continue making Spider-Man four, Spider-Man five, blah 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 blah. So I don't know. Uh, and and lastly, in that story, is that John Watts is reportedly coming back for Spider-Man three. I'm sorry, John. I'm sure you're a good director elsewhere. I don't think you fit the Spider-Man franchise. I think this franchise needs a different vibe. It needs a different direction, writing. I don't know. It needs something like the Russo brothers to come in there um, and kind of revamp how you tell the Captain America story. Just like how after the first Captain America, you just you needed you needed a different vibe. You needed a different style, different tone. Um, I don't know. I don't know where they go. I don't know who they get. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a name. I mean, <laughs> even somebody like, you know, I'm about to mention his name for the next story, but Jonah Hill, uh, after coming coming off mid-90s, he could certainly, certainly direct that, you know, that tone. That there's a little bit of darkness to it, but it's just that feeling of being a kid um, and kind of hanging out with your friends all the time. Like, Spider-Man should feel warm, and you should feel his relationship with all of his friends at school like you do in these movies. But you should also have that sort of edge to it. And there's, I'm sorry, there's no edge to these Spider-Man movies. And and ultimately, they're, they're, they're Iron Man codas, pretty much. You know, they just, they're basically the coda or the, um, you know, sequels to any sort of Iron Man stories. And I'm sorry, like, I love Tony Stark, I love Iron Man. Spider-Man should feel more separate than he has. So that's just me. I don't know. Um, last story on the docket is, of course, Jonah Hill and Jeffrey Wright joining the Batman with Robert Pattinson, Bobby Bats himself, Robert Pattinson. Um, so I think we're first reported by uh, the by Collider that Jonah Hill is in talks to play the Riddler. A lot of people, when they first were reporting Jonah Hill to be in the movie, would think naturally Penguin because Jonah Hill's, you know, in the past been a little bit more 
uh, on the heftier side. And, you know, people have been linking Josh Gad to, to Penguin, of course, um, which I think, I don't think there was any chance of ever happening. Josh Gad is okay. He's just not, he doesn't have the villain presence. I'm sorry. Jonah Hill definitely does have a dark side, though. I could see this is Wall Street, uh, Wolf of Wall Street character uh, in general being a good Riddler. I would lean towards him actually playing the Riddler. Um, I think that there's a split opinion on that, if he'll play the Penguin or the Riddler. I personally really do think it's the Riddler. I really do. Um, if, if of course, he does officially sign on to the movie. It's not a done deal yet. Um, and, and then, of course, you have uh, Jeffrey Wright joining as Commissioner Gordon, who, when I did the casting for Batman, was that two weeks ago? I believe that was two weeks ago. I was doing the casting uh, after there were, yeah, it was two weeks ago. September 13th, I did the casting for the Batman. Um, I had Jeffrey Wright in as Lucius Fox, actually. I was thinking that they might go with Jamie Foxx for um, for Commissioner Gordon, as previously rumored. So it's interesting. It's kind of cool that, that they went with a, a POC for um, Commissioner Gordon. Um, of course, I don't know that they're going to even do Batgirl in these new movies, but that would mean, I would assume, that Black Girl would also be a, a woman of color as well, which is cool. Just creating more roles, um, you know, for people of color. In, in the in the Batman universe, I'm trying to even think, besides Lucius Fox, there's there's not many in the comics that are, right? I don't, I don't think there are. So, I mean, it works, completely works. Um, and, and so we'll kind of see where they go, what other, I mean, I'm assuming Catwoman comes next, and then whoever or whatever character Jonah Hill doesn't want to play, whether it's, you know, he doesn't want to play the Riddler or doesn't want to play the Penguin, that would be the next, um, you know, dime to fall, would you, if you will. Um, so very interested to see where Matt Reeves cast this movie because it's already kind of shaping out to be very interesting. Uh, but it doesn't seem like they're going to go with less of an unknown. Like, I was thinking Bill Hader. Uh, would be great, but I guess Bill Hader's almost as well-known as Jonah Hill anyway. As something like The Riddler, I think that would have been really great, but I don't know that Bill Hader has any interest in that, to be honest. Uh, especially after seeing his list of like 200 movies that he's been inspired by. Wow, go check out that list if you haven't. That is a fascinating list, and I've only seen probably about half the movies on there, so i got to get to it. Um. Anyway, so that would be the Batman news. Have I forgotten anything? Oh, that's right. So another big news piece to drop this week was none other than the original trio from the um, Jurassic Park movie in 1993 uh, will return for Jurassic World 3, kind of as the uh, you know sending off of the franchise, if it is the last one. Can't imagine that this will be the official last Jurassic movie, especially because they just now brought the dinosaurs into the... In normal world, the first time since I think the Lost World that they've really had dinosaurs running around in the middle of a city. I kind of hope we open the movie in a more of like a post-apocalyptic type world. I think that'd be fascinating. But yes, the original trio, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum will return for Jurassic World 3 and will play not supporting characters. They will have a significant role in the movie. So that makes it even more interesting because... You still have Chris Pratt. You still have Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, maybe they bring on some people from Battle at ba Battle of Big Rock, which I think was a fantastic short and a great marketing idea for the folks at Universal to put out this week with this news. Um, 
Um, of course, the Laura Dern announcement and the official edition of Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum kind of came at uh, a collider screening of Jurassic World uh, that they did a couple nights ago, which is a great way to do it. Although I will say, if you were in the crowd when they were announcing the trio returns, you got to be clapping more. You could see people in the front row just kind of looking at their phones like, what are you doing? That's freaking Laura Dern right in front of you. That's act, uh, Oscar winner, I think she has an Oscar, or whatever, Oscar nominated, Emmy nominated, one of the greatest actresses alive. Like, you got to be clapping a little more than that. Have some respect. My God, Laura Dern's performance in Big Little Lies Season 2 is absolutely fantastic. Glad I snuck that in there a little bit because didn't really talk enough about Big Little Lies Season 2 that I'm realizing it this past summer. Uh, anyway, the last thing I wanted to touch on was how 2021 is shaping out to be because 2019 might very well be the biggest year for movies in history with ip and it probably will end up being the biggest grossing year of movies ever especially with rise of skywalker coming out you have joker coming out in a few days um but 2020 not so much not not so many uh movies come out in 2020 uh, besides christopher nolan fast nine you know that sort of thing not much else though uh, but 2021, let's run down the list here. And these are just movies that are announced right now. Since we're still in 2019, they could, studios could very well announce movies, um, you know, for uh, the spring and, and still be completely fine. And I'm now realizing that I didn't even put the Matrix 4 on here. Because I think the Matrix 4 is absolutely going to be released in 2021 as well. Uh, so I'm going to go Matrix 4, Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange 2, Spider-Man 3 in the MCU, Thor 4, The Batman, Suicide Squad 2, Jurassic World 3, John Wick 4, Fast 10, Mission Impossible 7, Space Jam 2, Halloween Ends, Avatar 2, Sherlock Holmes 3, and Indiana Jones 5, which I still don't believe will actually happen. Um, so, I mean, that is a that is a list right there. Um, so I'm getting, we're guaranteed Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man 3, Thor 4. Marvel never changes their release dates. Those are all guaranteed. The Batman's casting now. It's guaranteed. Suicide Squad 2 has its full cast. It's filming soon. That's guaranteed. Jurassic World 3, again, rounding out its cast. Guaranteed. John Wick 4, it's not guaranteed it's going to be 2021. Uh, maybe they don't have the, the right story, but they kind of just pick up where they left off John Wick 3. So they, I don't think there's any reason why that movie shouldn't be coming out in 2021. Fast 10, I think, could actually move, though, because Fast 9 is just coming out this spring. I don't know that they're going to fast-track the filming uh, for, like, next summer to get a Fast 10 out the next year. I'm guessing that will actually move to, to 2022. It would just make more sense that way, to be honest. Mission Impossible 7, I think it can change release dates, but since they've already cast Haley Atwell in, in a lead role for Mission Impossible 7... I don't think that they're going to move that unless they can't get scheduling conflicts for everybody else. But this actually is a good opportunity for me to bring up the fact that I am almost done listening to the six hours of spoiler discussion that Christopher McQuarrie did with the uh, the Empire podcast last summer. If you are interested in filmmaking or just films in general, that is one of the most fascinating listens and most uh, informing listens. Uh, that I've ever had during a podcast. So much to dig into there, especially since I'm a massive Mission Impossible, specifically Mission Impossible Fallout uh, fan. 
everything from the making of the movie in terms of like right up until the last second uh, of filmed material that they actually used for the movie. Um, uh, he's got stuff in there with Rebecca Ferguson's performance that he helped her through, but also she enlightened him on many times throughout the casting. He's got stuff, um, stuff with the, the Julia arc uh, there in Kashmir at the end. He's got great stuff with the Henry Cavill mustache discussion uh, that, you know, kind of changed the Justice League filming schedule or just the look of his mustache. My God. Or lack thereof. Wow, God, that was awful. I'm glad I never have to talk about Justice League again. Okay. Um, but just great stuff overall. Tom, I mean, great Tom Cruise stories throughout uh, and kind of further just enhances my love for Cruise in general and Macquarie, to be honest. Corey's fantastic. Um, okay, so that's Mission Impossible 7. Space Jam 2 could move. Although I think they filmed some stuff for that movie this past summer, and I'm sure they're going to film more stuff next summer. It's just that NBA stars don't really have much time frame. They don't have much openings in their schedule, so they kind of have to fast-track those movies and film them way in advance. Um, Halloween Ends is definitely coming out in 2021. It doesn't take a lot to shoot those movies unless something drastic happens. That will absolutely be coming out. Avatar 2, I mean, let's face the facts. The movie's moved about seven times. It was originally coming out in 2014, then 2016, then 2017, then 2019, then 2020, and now 2021. Uh, and so I think it's 2021, 2023, 2025 for Avatar 2, 3, 4. Um, and then if, if those do well, then they're doing Avatar 5 as well. I think Avatar 4 is not guaranteed either. Um, but, I mean, I don't see it. It doesn't have to make that much money. I mean, it has to make like 15, or I should say, I was going to say 1,500 million. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, 1.5 billion is what I was trying to say. Uh, and they'll be fine. Um, so I think it could certainly do that. Anyway, uh, and I, once again, I don't believe Indiana Jones 5 is coming out. Sherlock Holmes 3 could very well get pushed back as well. Um, that's gotten pushed back several times. And it's been like 10 years since the last one. So anyway, um, I, I'm going to go with uh, a lot of those movies will make it, um, but you never truly know um, if they'll make those exact release dates. So a lot of news to get through this week. Um, again, the Emmy results, Feige's joining Star Wars, Feige's bringing back Spider-Man 3, Holland's coming back for another movie after Spider-Man 3, Jonah Hill and Jeffrey Wright join the Batman most likely. Uh, the original trio from Jurassic Park joined Jurassic World. Just a lot of stuff overall. That's it. That's the episode. Until next time, thanks.